Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. Our first reading for today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand up looking toward heaven? This Jesus, who had been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Our second reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf, I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them, and now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name, that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In today's reading, we look at the ideas of faith in the future. And this will be the next to last in our day-by-day Easter series. Next week is Pentecost. On this last 
Sunday, Easter, we look at two different ideas that mesh well because we're always worried about the future. The problem is that often when we start thinking about the future and expecting something, we start to stand still waiting for it to come. We also have the comfort of faith preparing us for the future. I think it's important that we remember both of these because taking on the future requires faith and it requires faith because of the fact that when we take on the future, we are taking on the unknown. We don't know what's coming. Even if we have an idea of what's coming, we often don't know when and that can be scary. In John, Jesus finishes a rather long discourse with some comfort. That Jesus is going to the Father and that he is going to look out for us. That he's given us the words that we need, that we know in truth that Jesus came to help us, came from God, returned to God. And I think that that concept is easier for us because we're after the fact. So we can look back and say, yes, That's something we know. But we get that comfort of Christ telling us that all mine are yours and all yours are mine and I have been glorified in them and now I am no longer in the world but they are in the world and I am coming to you. And he asks for our protection. And in one sense he's asking for the protection of those that are around him. But in another sense that's the protection for all who believe. And sort of that cascading effect. It is important for us to remember whose care we are in as we approach the future. On the other hand, we see something rather familiar in Acts. In Acts, we get a familiar tension of wondering what comes next. And I think we also get a picture of what we often do when faced with the unknown. The disciples want to know, with people gathered around, want to know, is this the time? Is this the time we've been waiting for? Is this what we've been preparing for? If not, when should we expect it? Their reply is not in the same comfort that we get in John. It's not for you to know. You don't get to know the times that God has set. You don't get to know God's plans because you probably wouldn't fully understand them. That's hard. Now we are comforted in being told that we are going to be given the power of the Holy Spirit, that we receive power and we will be witnesses to the ends of the earth, that we will bear witness to others of all that Christ has taught. However, when he sins, we get the idea that everybody stands around waiting. Waiting like there's something else coming. Waiting like there is something else about to happen. They've been given this idea that They won't know when it's going to happen, and yet they're still standing there waiting. And that image is one that I think applies so well, because so often we go, 
I want to know what's going to happen next. And we stand around waiting. Not realizing that in some ways we are the ones that pave the path to the future. We aren't told, go forth and sit around and wait for everything to happen. We are told to go and do. Go and bear witness. Go and be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But here they are, staring up like they're waiting for their next instruction. And that's when two men in white robes appear with the question, What are you doing? Why are you looking for someone who's gone? He'll come again, but like he told you, you don't know when, and you won't. And that uncertainty is hard to deal with. But that's the uncertainty we deal with in everyday life. We want to know the future. We want to predict the future. We want to claim the future. And the truth is, we build the future. When they go back, they devote themselves to prayer. And they go back and they begin the early church. I think it's interesting that on this opening chapter of Acts, we begin with hesitation. Hesitation to fully understand and hesitation to act. I think it's because it's hard. Because we so want to be sure of what we're doing. And the truth is that I don't know if we'll ever be 100% sure, at least not fully, of exactly what it is we're supposed to be doing. The problem is, is that we want certainty to the point that we will dissect anything to be able to get a glimpse at what's coming. And sometimes we go so far that we invent what's coming next just so that we can pretend that we know. Now, there are things we can do to be prepared for things that we know are coming, but my honest answer is, do your best. Do what you were taught. If you make a mistake, God will be there. If you screw up, God will be there. Jesus didn't go, well, I'm leaving you on your own and you're going to be out there trying to figure all this out and you'll have no help. No. You'll be guided. You'll have help. Will we mess up? Yes. We mess up all the time. We get antsy. We get anxious. We want to jump ahead. We want to force things to happen. Sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to know what comes next that we pour over prophecy and prediction to the point that we start making dates and claiming we know. We see this in history time and time again. We abandon faith for the surety of the comfort of pretending to know what comes next. For me, faith isn't knowing what comes next. Faith is knowing that God will